0: Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Magic Johnson, the Magic Man, Mr. I'm Not Gonna Be There, is back. There are other things that we're going to talk about here. Uh, Ed, you know, the Lakers apparently offered up two second rounders for Dennis Schroeder after trading a first-rounder for Dennis Schroeder and then letting Schroeder walk for nothing. And <laughs> it's just just a hilarious mistreatment of assets. But whatever. Uh, oh, and by the way, the Lakers are interested in Tristan Thompson, apparently, according to Shams Karania. Uh, wonder where that's coming from. Surely it has nothing whatsoever to do with clutch. And I think the... Reapproach to Magic Johnson is just, again, we talked about that Portland Trailblazers game being a perfect encapsulation of the season. The Lakers going back, or Jeannie Buss going back and talking to Magic Johnson uh, when shit hit the fan is just a perfect encapsulation of the lack of diversity that you see on the Lakers roster where everybody is either formally uh, represented by Rob Palenka, currently represented by Clutch, or just former Lakers. Uh, so, we're going to talk about Lakers exceptionalism and and how it can be counterproductive. The Lakers are the marquee franchise in the NBA. You can say that the Knicks play in the Mecca of basketball and you can say that Boston Celtics did this or whatever, but like when you look at, you know, jersey sales and when you look at national TV games and the ratings of those national TV games, the Lakers as a brand across all, you know, just compared to other team brands here are just at that level. And that is, you know, by definition, exceptional. Leveraging that brand and leveraging the platform that that brand uh, has allowed you is, you know, exceptionalism, Lakers exceptionalism being productive. That is when it is actually working for the team. When it becomes counterproductive is when you are so confident so as to become so insular in your thinking that only people with the Lakers can, or, or, or only people who have had success with the Lakers previously can work for the Lakers. That's when that exceptionalism just becomes nepotism. And that is where the Lakers have been basically since Genie Bus took over. Every single hire that the Lakers have made since Genie Bus took over for Jim Bus has been Jeannie's closest friends and confidants, and uh, you know it—it it was magic. And then Jeannie reached out to Rob after Kobe spoke up for Rob in after, you know, Kobe wanted to stay away from the organization. He didn't want a position as an executive with the Lakers. Uh, He wanted more flexibility to work in different industries. Um, So the next closest thing to Kobe was, was Rob Palenka. And, and so, and by the way, like Jeannie had this relationship with Rob because he had been around the Lakers for decades while Kobe was the face of the franchise. So, you know, there's, there's your, there's your two major hires after Jeannie takes over. After Jeannie takes over, obviously Linda Rambis gets more power. And once Linda gets more power, Kurt Rambis is going to get more power. Um, and so if the majority if, at that point, all of your decision makers are all from this one background, there's zero diversity. Now, obviously there's, there's diversity in, uh, important societal ways, clearly, Uh, But what I mean by diversity is, is, is the background where everybody who is taught, who is giving their input and making decisions there with the Lakers, the only experience that they have here is by way of Lakers exceptionalism. There, there are nobody, there, there was nobody and there continues to be nobody who has had any experience operating in margins in ways that organizations that aren't the Lakers have had to and you know that's that's you know we talked in yesterday's show about how uh, Rob says that there are two types of Lakers seasons ones the the ones that win championships and the ones that don't and again like that my problem with that is that it it leads to a just complete lack of nuance in team building and where the Lakers need to improve is in those margins but if Nobody that is currently making any of those decisions have shown any ability to operate consistently in those margins, then you need to bring in people who have had that experience. And and you know, you look at the Lakers roster right now, and it is clearly, you know, just just exactly what happens when there's a lack of diversity in decision making, where only five Lakers right now, uh, Austin Reeves, Malik Monk. DeAndre Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook are the only players on the Lakers roster right now who are not either former Lakers or former uh, Palinka or Clutch clients or current Clutch clients. Everybody else uh, has either been on the South Bay Lakers, the actual Lakers, or have been represented by Rob Palinka or are currently represented by Clutch. And you know diversity is really important for again all of the societal reasons i'm sitting here as a mexican in a job that 20 years ago i probably would not have been able to have well it literally didn't exist but like mexicans don't weren't weren't being given and still aren't in my opinion given proper representation in jobs like these but you know for and and the reason that diversity is really important is those various, those different backgrounds that people come from will give them different approaches to various problems. And you know, when when you look at the the Lakers' decision making room, if everybody is sitting there in the echo jam- chamber that exists because the only people who got jobs with the Lakers are are close friends with Genie uh, Bus, then everybody's probably sitting there saying, "Like, man, how do we fix all of this? And how did this go so poorly in the first place?" Where anybody with a different kind of background would have sat, sat there and said, well, you know, for one thing, DeAndre Jordan isn't good at basketball anymore. You should maybe watch a little bit more games that don't feature the Lakers. Let's look at it another way. So the Lakers over the years uh, have operated in a very in, in very insular fashion where, you know, former Lakers get jobs with the Lakers and it just, you know, and then their kids get jobs with the Lakers and so on and so forth, Right. And that is fine if you're producing great executives and, and it, you know, it can happen in spite of yourself. But what you can't do is let those great minds leave. You have to continue to keep those great minds there uh, so that, you know, if you're, if you're limiting your talent pool, uh, you can't let the really talented people leave because you have a lower chance at bringing in really talented people. And we've seen, you know, we saw Pat Riley leave, we've seen uh, Jerry West leave, we have seen, uh, you know, any number, Phil Jackson left, uh, though he didn't have very much success uh, after leaving the Lakers, but you still had people that got to those, you know, Phil Jackson got to his job in a very different fashion than, you know, say Jerry West did, and and yeah, those different backgrounds meant that those two guys were clashing heads a lot, and uh, their working relationship didn't uh, didn't seem particularly healthy, but you know sometimes you need that conflict in order to be able to you know resolve that conflict and become and get better at it or, or from it. And what I think we're kind of seeing here is Jeannie Bus has tried to avoid that conflict as much as as much as possible, and it has led to an echo chamber and that lack of conflict that lack of, of you know, give and take and push and pull uh, has led to a very kind of singular and insular approach to putting this roster together. And you know, the Lakers need to fix that. And I just think the Lakers, going back to Magic Johnson, at a time when Rob Palenka's seat is already hot publicly, uh, there are already plenty of people, all kinds of people, you know, kind of screaming for Rob Polinka to go. And if the place that you go for advice at the organization's lowest is right back to the guy who crapped on Rob Polinka as he left, like it just it sends a really bad message to everybody involved. And we'll see what kind of conversations actually took place. I'm sure there's going to be more in the fallout of this after we have covered it and people are laughing at the Lakers again for being as insular as they are. Uh, but at some point, the Lakers need to show a little bit more self-awareness. And the, the one question I've always kind of had when it comes to the Lakers is are the top level executives that the Lakers should be able to afford, are they staying away from the Lakers because the Lakers aren't making competitive offers? Or are they staying away from the Lakers because they're concerned if they do come uh, that the culture is is so ingrained, the culture of nepotism is so ingrained that they don't think they can be productive even in this circumstance. Rapalinka was promoted after Magic Johnson just kind of stepped away. You know, there was hope that a Joe Lacob would show up or that a Masai Ujiri would show up. And and you think if you're the Lakers, like you generate revenue better than any other franchise in the uh, in the NBA, you should be able to afford that high level type executive, but for whatever reason the Lakers went in the direction of Rob Polenko. We know the reason however, at this at this stage is comfort and 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 trust that Jeannie has in in Rob. but it hasn't worked out. He won the one championship uh, but then sprinted in the opposite direction of what won them that championship, which tells me, that the guy didn't understand what it was that made the Lakers special enough to win a championship in the first place, which is an instinctual problem that is not going anywhere if, as the Lakers continue to fall on their face because they don't have any wing depth, that he would go out and try to trade two second rounders for Dennis Schroeder, who solves none of your current problems. The Lakers right now... They, they need more athleticism on their front court, in their front court. And the player that they're currently tied to is, is Tristan Thompson and previously Paul Millsap. Like, there's just a lack of understanding of what the Lakers actually need here. And the reason that that, I think, is coming to fruition in such a loud way is because nobody there with sway is speaking up for what the Lakers actually need. And that echo chamber is just a bunch of people kind of bumping heads trying to figure out why the situation is how it is. And until the Lakers diversify the uh, people with sway in the organization, we're just going to keep falling right back into this same kind of treadmill of mediocrity that the Lakers have been on now for three out of the four years that LeBron James has been in the organization. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out. We switched it up this week. I have a fun guest that I'm going to be talking to on Wednesday. So Raj and uh, Sabrina recorded uh, I Love Basketball tonight. So that's probably already up. By the time you guys are listening to this, the Taco Tuesday guys are still on track to record uh, their show Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, I have uh, my guest and then it will return right back to your normally scheduled uh, podcasting. Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.